From the noise on talk shows about death panels that don't exist to acronyms like HMOs or PPOs, the healthcare industry often does not speak to consumers in plain language. So how can doctors and other health professionals help the consumer, and should this be a part of health reform? You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Dr. Virgil Slee. Dr. Slee is Emeritus Fellow of the Estes Park Institute and founder of the Commission on Professional and Hospital Activities. Dr. Slee also gained notoriety as president of the Council on Clinical Classifications with the U.S. National Center for Health Statistics, created the Clinical Modification of the International Classification of Diseases. Dr. Slee is a fellow of the American College of Physicians, a fellow of the American Public Health Association, and an honorary fellow of the American College of Healthcare Executives. In 1998, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill established the Virgil N. Slee Distinguished Professorship in Healthcare Quality Management in the School of Public Health. We are so honored today to have Dr. Slee joining us on the show from his home in Columbus, North Carolina. Dr. Virgil Slee, welcome to Reach MD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Thank you. Well, it's great to have you here because I've been for a long time a fan of one of your books called Healthcare Terms, and you've had other editions that you've written with your daughter. And if you could tell us a little bit about why did you do these books? Tell us a little bit about them and why healthcare professionals are not speaking in plain English. The books are the result of my participation in a series of conferences for hospital administrators, key physicians, and their spouses. In 1985, I guess it was, the spouses complained very bitterly that they couldn't understand what the doctors and the administrators were talking about when they came home. DRGs had just appeared on the scene at about that time. My wife told me that I had to write a dictionary to help the two get together so the spouses could understand the program, which I did. We brought copies of this uh, new dictionary, about 600 terms at that time, to the next conference, and lo and behold, the physicians and administrators grabbed all the copies, and none were left for the spouses for whom it was written. That's very interesting. (laughs) And I mean, you bring up an excellent point, too, because did you find, and especially, you know, if you're watching television or even if you're, you're reading news stories, and I hope, for example, when I write, I'm writing for sort of the little old lady in the Chicago suburbs or an eighth grade audience, but really in healthcare, people have a long way to go, don't they, to talk in plain language? They do indeed, and they are subject to the same temptations as everybody to develop uh, jargon for their own discipline so that patients, in fact, have a jargon. I can remember in the, when I was in the Air Force, a soldier came in one day and he said, Doc, I've got a faintified feeling. Well, that was a jargon bit from South USA. And uh, each profession has its own jargon, and that's a big part of this problem. Before we go on, what exactly was that that he had? I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that's important, too. And, I mean, how would you advise physicians to communicate to people? I mean, do they have to think about how they would explain it to their spouses? Is that a good method? Well, it's not bad. First, they have to remember that they are using jargon and be conscious of that. And some physicians are and some just plain aren't. And so when they're talking to patients, 
if they can ask themselves, am I using jargon, I better translate it. That's very helpful. Another reason they use non-understandable terms is some sort of a feeling, both on the part of doctors and to some extent patients, that using big words and fancy terms gives them a little superiority, and many patients want their doctors to be superior, and that's a big part of it. Maybe they should take a step back and realize, hey, you're not talking to a colleague in the Department of Medicine or at some conference sponsored by a a big-name university, but you're actually speaking to some people who don't understand any of this. That's absolutely right. There's a strong movement in some parts of medicine, which is probably today called participative health approach, in which... uh, The idea is to try to give patients about somewhere close to the same language and knowledge as physicians have. And I was responsible partly for getting a program going in that direction. It's interesting that one of the proposals today is that the physician give the patient his or her diagnosis in writing, and I'm all for that. That could even be supplemented with the electronic record by having a a way so that the term could be pronounced by the computer so the patient would know how to say it. That would help a great deal. I find people coming to me where I live and saying, Doc, here's about what the doctor told me I have. What does that mean? (laughs) Yeah, and then you find yourself maybe translating. That is a good approach. Do you think a lot of physicians are doing that participatory health approach? I think an increasing number are. Some physicians today will only dictate their notes in the presence of the patient. And the patient then is sitting right there can say, what did that mean, doc? And the doctor can be brought up short by the interrupting patient and uh, straighten his language out. Oh, yes, indeed, I did use a word that is tough. And uh, I was a patient at a consultant, and he dictated the whole letter to my referring doctor while I sat there, and that was very helpful. It made him understand that I was listening, although I'm a doctor, and they assume a little bit more with the doctor as a patient that I'll understand, which isn't necessarily a good assumption because I only know part of medicine, and I'm usually consulting a specialist who is saying things that I don't know about. And uh, I'd like to have him treat me more like a common patient. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and I'm so pleased to have as my guest Dr. Virgil Slee. Dr. Slee is an emeritus fellow of the Estes Park Institute, and he even has a professorship in healthcare quality management in the School of Public Health at University of North Carolina, named after him. And we're talking about how physicians can and speak in plain language to their patients. And Dr. Slee and his daughter, who is an attorney, have developed a book that's had several editions now over the last more than two decades called Healthcare Terms. And we were just talking about participatory health approach to medicine. And Dr. Slee was telling us that if doctors were to write things down in front of their patients, that's probably a lot easier to do today because they have Blackberries and they can say, okay, here's what's going to happen to you or here's what you need. And you can just hand it to them and have them take a look. The big problem, Bruce, today with that is that the record that they're using doesn't 
really keep the diagnosis that they have made. It keeps a billing code for it. And so they give a copy of that to the patient. It, incidentally, it could be designed so that they could just squirt that out like they squirt out a prescription. But it can't carry any information until the record system is beefed up to carry the patient's exact diagnoses. And that's a very serious problem today because no computer system does that. That's a gap in our whole system. And to understand how serious that use of the billing code instead of the true information is, one could go to the Internet and uh, into the browser type uh, ePatient Dave, that's a person's name, plus uh, Google. And you could find a story by this patient in Massachusetts who heard that Google was collecting information on patients from hospitals and clinics, and he went and looked himself up and found that the record was just incredibly bad because it had things he never had had, and it was simply because Google, in this experiment, had only the billing codes to work with. It had the system that provided the information, namely the hospitals where he had been and the doctors where he had been, had used a reliable system for billing. But billing is quite different from medical care. And what we need is a system that has the detailed diagnoses that permit the doctor to know what was going on. Well, there is a bill as part of the, the many pieces of legislation floating around Washington with health care reform this year that would require the federal government and private health insurers to write all new health care documents in plain, easy-to-understand language. And rather than ask you to support something that you know has a lot of details you probably haven't seen, do you see any effort to get folks to speak in plain language, does that need to be in health care reform, or is it just something that maybe physicians should just work out on their own? Well, I don't know whether it should be in health care reform, but it certainly needs working on. And it ought to be uh, carefully thought out in the medical school process, and perhaps in nursing school, because that's where the model is for the performing doctor. He, he takes his cues from his teacher's. And if a teacher keeps telling him, remember, you're talking to somebody who doesn't speak your language, use language that's his language. You know, we have a serious problem with many languages in this country. Hospitals and so on have to keep translators available, including translators of dialects within the United States. I know you are an educator and and have spent a lot of time in the academic world. Do you think that medical schools are a little bit better about this and teaching physicians how to relate to patients? I mean, I I know some are, you know, talking about maybe teaching business classes and things like that. I mean, are our medical schools set up where they're doing more of this or they can? Well, I haven't heard much about it. I'm a little bit out of that part of the system now. I really can't say that I know of a place where they're trying to, teach doctors to speak common English. Let's hark back to your uh, author of your books, Healthcare Terms and the various editions you've had. What kind of feedback have you been getting from physicians over the years? I mean, are they, is it helping them? Is it something that they see as value or is it, are there other people interested in this? I can't say that I can identify much physician in feedback, but I'm pleased to say that you, for example, have used it in educational settings. I think a number of schools are using it, particularly for hospital administrators. 
I know it's been quoted in legislation in some places and in lawsuits, in in legal matters. Oh, that's interesting. Why in lawsuits? I mean, that does bring up a question that if a physician is not speaking in plain language, it could be a risk management tool. Is that where it's come up? I don't know. I've simply been told by an attorney that he quoted it in some brief he was writing. And uh, I think that's happened more than once. As a matter of fact, we now have in our fifth edition over 8,000 terms, and I've only had one real challenge to a definition, and the challenger was correct. (laughs) That's in the whole history. Could you share that with us? Well, it was a challenge to the word gerontology, which I had mistakenly defined as a study of the care of the aging, which it isn't. Gerontology is a study of the aging process. So it's sort of a scientific discipline when the the proper term is geriatrics for the care of the aged. Well, with that, I'd like to thank Dr. Virgil Slee, who has been our guest. There is a professorship in healthcare quality management at the School of Public Health at University of North Carolina, named after him for his many decades of service. Uh, He's Emeritus Fellow of the Estes Park Institute, and for our purposes, he has been our guest to talk about plain language in the healthcare system, its benefit for physicians and other health professionals to use when they talk to their patients. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. I've been your host, and you've been listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air. Please listen to us at ReachMD.com, and I'd like to thank you today for listening.